The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. Hi everyone, Macca19 here and you are listening to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast coming to you live once again on Port Fan Radio. And as always, joining me as co-host, we've got Fishing Rick. How are you, mate? Ma- <laughs> Confused. Confused. I still That's don't get how it can be a live podcast. Easy. Easy. <laughs> but there's you no excuses this week, Macca. There are no excuses. Everyone's got what they wanted this week. Oh, Schultz and Fest will be happy. Finbar will be happy. Tribe will be happy. Everyone should be happy with selections this week, but I won't talk too Janus much. Janus is doing somersaults. Yet. Yes. Good work. Who have we got on tonight? Wonderful. We have got, for the first time this year, we are speaking with Johns. G'day, boys. How are you? Good, mate. Thanks for coming on. Oh, no worries. No worries. Good changes. Good changes. Can't complain. That's it. Absolutely. Mm. Let's get uh, straight into it and talk about round 12. It's uh, Port Play Carlton at the MCG this Saturday. We've got a 15-11 win-loss record with one draw in there as well. And, of course, the last time we met was the 103-point thrashing on Friday night at Adelaide Oval last year. Uh, Carlton are sitting bottom, sitting 1-9. and nine. They've sacked their coach. Injuries everywhere. Their best players just retired. They are having an absolute nightmare season. Yeah, but their form is uh, starting to turn, which is a bit of a worry. Uh, On the I basis they were... of one match? Yeah, basis of one match. But um, unfortunately for us, it's the game before our match. So hopefully that mm. doesn't continue in a in an upward trajectory. And they had a couple of handy ins in Yarn and Gibbs. Like both of them are a lot better than, well, Judd retired. That's a harsh one. And then Jason Tart's a bit of a spud. So uh, handy ins for them as well. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Yaron provides them so much runoff half back, and Gibbs, if Gibbs is switched on, he'll be, you know, the sort of player that'll be best on ground. Is Yaron the Impy job? <laughs> I reckon Impy will play down back. I reckon uh, Impy should be playing on, uh, not sure, maybe someone like Menzel, I think. Mm. He's a good player. That would be my sort of prime matchup, I think. It's like the uh, battle of. The original Chad versus the uh, the new model Chad, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, he certainly could do a job on Yaron or even someone like uh, Cade Simpson as well. Well, where's Yaron playing these days? Is he playing that running half-back line or is he playing in the forwards? Oh, he normally plays off half-back, I think. Half-back. Yeah. Half-back. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's an interesting one, like... Emotional-wise, for both supporter bases, I guess. I mean, the Carlton supporters would be desperate for a win, and and I guess they'd be quite uh, up and about, wouldn't they? With uh, with our form, which is pretty average, and uh, and obviously uh, we're uh, pretty hopeful for a win, and and sort of expecting a win against the uh, the basket case of the competition. And but I guess Mackie, you're going over there. Uh, you're not yep. chock full of confidence. Oh, look, this game worries me a lot more than I wish it did, to be honest. <laughs> I think they'll absolutely be fired up for this, especially if Judd has a bit of a, you know, like a cavalcade before the game or, or something like that, a bit of a wave to the crowd. And, you know, just like Port of the late uh, 2000s, you know, low teams will see us as entirely beatable and, and they know, you know, we are capable of cracking um, if they put the pressure on. We've already lost to Brisbane this year um, and I think Carlton will be seeing this one as... Uh, their possibility to get a bit of a scalp. Yes. No, for sure. For sure. What does no, Carlton think? Carlton's boards are up and about. And I don't know. I feel I watched the last two times this game a quick view. They played us round one last year as well. Was it round one I watched? Yep. Hang on a yep. Yeah, and I watched that. And both both times they just tried to match us with just, yeah, you, we'll, you can run, we'll run. And both times it didn't work at all. So I can't see... Is it Baker, the new coach? Baker, Barker? Uh, Barker, yep. Barker, yeah. I can't see Barker yep. trying to do that. Like Geelong tried to do it for a quarter. Match just decided to shut the game down. That's where they win it. Last week, in, like the last game against uh, Crows, they actually won the possessions overall. They over, nearly over another 100 disposals. That's just through ball control. 
I just feel that that's how they'll try to win the game, ball control, get the numbers back, stop that run. Yep. It'll be more, the, hopefully, more of the same from, or less of more, not more of the same from our boys. Yeah, I think their run sort of concerns me a little bit. I mean, they've got a lot of really quick players, guys like Tui, Doherty, Yaron, Buckley. They've got a lot of run and carry from their back line. Simpson, Yaron, uh, Menzel's pretty quick. Armfield's very quick as well. So they've got a, a really pacey side, and that's probably you know one of their only sort of positives, I guess. So are they going to try the uh, the now predictable uh, strategy that everyone employs or supposedly employs against us and? And just block the uh, the centre corridor and and try and flood deep to uh, uh, to stifle our corridor use. You would you think they will try that. Whether it's uh, successful, I'm not too sure. Look, have to I mean, that. I'm I'm not overly concerned about this game. I, I think we'll win quite comfortably, to be honest. But it's I think we're having one of those seasons where we. We're going to do pretty well against the the bottom sides, and it's the mid tier and the top sides that we're going to struggle, and then we're going to keep getting this false hope until the boys actually uh, show the you know their psyches in the right place, and they're they're going to get on with the job. And uh, you know, but we've had some massive inclusions this week, Macca, and who's who's come in? Yeah, well, let's talk about uh, selections. Obviously, Matty White's gone with a hamstring; he'll be missing for around about a month. Uh, Paul Stewart's uh, missing with a hamstring as well, uh, so he's reckon, outside. You reckon and... he? You reckon he did a hammy, or are they just yeah? When did he do that hammy? No idea. Maybe he did it at training. Well, it's it's the first I've heard of him having an injury, and I don't see well, why he, they wouldn't just say he's been omitted like the other three players. He did. If, I think in the third quarter on the outer wing, he uh, when he ran over the or got tackled over the boundary, he sort of clutched his uh, right hamstring just a little bit, but he played out of the game and didn't seem to have any further issues. So. Yeah. Unless it's just a really minor uh, hamstring tear. Yeah. No, that's true. And obviously, uh, Tommy Cleary, Sam Gray, and Aaron Young have been omitted. Uh, so some pretty big changes. Lots of changes this week. We've got uh, Jackson Trengo's back. Thank God for that. Uh, Kane Mitchell's back in the side after a best-on-ground effort in the SNFL. Um, everyone will be happy. Andrew Moore and Brendan Archie are in the side after two, uh, you know, lots of very consistent games for both of those players. And Nathan Cracker's back. He's back. All the uh, gnashing of teeth when he was uh, dropped back to the rookie list is uh, is no longer necessary because he's back. Are you happy with British that? Up. I am, absolutely. Yeah. Beware the emergencies. Cam O'Shea still made an appearance as an emergency and so did Sammy Gray, boys. So they're still right on the outer in Kentamon. <laughs> Look, Boke, late change, Sammy Gray in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't... I think it would be very unfair um, to just be saying to Sam, that's it, you've had your shot, you're banished forever. Um, you know, so, I mean, obviously Ken, Ken still He'll wants to give him a place. bit of hope. Yeah, yeah, Ken wants to give him a bit of hope that he's still not far out. And the bench the bench is interesting. It's chock full of uh, uh, inclusions into the side. So yeah. um, I'm just hoping... It's that- absolute sub fodder. That bench, Mitchell, Moore, Archie, and Cracker—all four of them have legitimate shots of being us up. Well, I, I hope it's not our mate, um, the Arch. I, I think he's done his penance as the sum and sub, and he really deserves a uh, a full game, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. I, got, I reckon I it'll be Andrew Moore. Goal. Yeah, Moore, good goal. Yeah, rotate the inside mids. You reckon? Yeah, I just think his first game of the year, I think they'll uh, they'll just make him sub. It'll either be him or Mitchell, I think. Oh, I could see going to Cracker, just because he gives us more versatility than the other three. You could play that half-back and go through the middle, go up forward. So, what do you guys think? Um, there's been some discussion, which I chipped in with a bit uh, today as well, about you know Crack coming back um, gives maybe us the opportunity to play... Jasper sort of in the winger role for Matty White to try and give us a bit more deeper forward penetration instead of uh, solely off the uh, the half-back line. Yeah, well, look, it makes sense. Either uh, Jasper or Jarman or Brody. I mean, all three of them have, uh, you know, have the ability to run and carry, have long kicks. So, 
you know, I'm sure we'll see all three of them perform that sort of role um, throughout uh, the game this week and in coming weeks as well. But yeah, I mean, every time Jasper's played further up the ground on a wing, he's pretty much been best on ground. So I'd love to see him you know, situated on a wing and, and kicking it inside 50 this week. Mm. To yeah, a forward structure? No, just a Travis Boke playing out the square. What, what else? <laughs> That's it. Well, are we are we a tall forward short, boys? Uh, no, if Angus Monfries doesn't shut down one of their back defenders. If Monfries can play that medium forward role, then you should be okay. Because we're a yeah. bit tall down back with Trangove now. So he has a bit more height there, even though Trangove's... There. And then he plays shoots from the square. Monfries is that medium role. I mean, he's done it every time. When he hasn't done it, had a shutdown role this season extremely well. Probably a top five BNF, my Vries, I reckon. But yeah, I think we're okay for now. Yeah, I mean, I'd expect my Vries to go on either Simpson or maybe Yaron, I would think. So, do you guys think anyone's been lucky to be omitted? You could make an argument, Cleary, to take a pick, Jonas or Cleary, but Jonas probably has the credits in the bank there. Same. But that's Cleary's unlucky. Mm-hmm. Clear is unlucky because he hadn't, um, he didn't actually have a, you know, a sort of bad run at it, but um, he was always going to miss out with uh, Trengove coming back. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, I think John's you're right. It would have been, it would have either been Cleary or or Jonas, and and uh, yeah, Jonas has got the credits in the bank, and I guess the one thing I remember from last year too, when we lost Alapade and um, and Trengove. Um, and Jonas had to play that more accountable role. His output um, went downhill like a bullet last year as well. But when he's um, when he's got the freedom of uh, uh, the two key big men and Homsch there as well, uh, and he's got that ability to sort of drift off his player and, and be that spare man a little bit, he seems to uh, uh, play the role a lot better than when he has to be that accountable defender. Well, that's how I see it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I just think he's one of the ten to in that tenth best player, fifteenth best player that's gone quiet this year. And I think he, I'd yeah, spotlights on him to list because Cleary's in great form. Even his SNFL, I don't think he's had a bad game from memory. So he's one I've got the uh, spotlight on. Mm. That's it. Um, Look, we've we've had a tweet. We've yep. had a tweet. Uh, Crazy Big Al desperately wants me to read this out, and he says, uh, "Why do you need to bring everything back to Jasper Rick?" Hashtag obsessed. <laughs> Well, he's uh, I am his uh, uh, player sponsor this year for the footy club, so this I uh, have to uh, stick up for Jasper. But <laughs> I guess crazy big hour. I uh, I wanted to highlight Jasper because I think that he's probably one of the key players in replacing Matt White's run for us. And as you guys rightly pointed out, Jarman Impey's probably the other. Um, but I think we either need one of those two players pushing up the ground and and to me with Nathan Cracker back in the side uh, Jasper seems to be the uh, the most logical guy that could push further up the ground and and play that wing role as far as I'm concerned well I think that until Kyle Amon's back you can plug and play Peter up the role because he knows it quite he knows it well enough it's not like you're trying to teach it again to an impy so you can plug and play it for, for Peter on the wing until Amon comes back and then you let him learn his craft there I am. Um, I think Al's a bit jaded and bitter, Macca. Um, he heard a ru- he heard a ru- rumor that I was going to have a uh, a Port Fan Radio Christmas party this year to uh, to christen the new swimming pool. But I I said that he's not invited because he drinks too much beer. So maybe uh, maybe he's ha- maybe he's having a bit of a sook over there in uh, in the ACT somewhere and uh, crying over his wheat picks or or something like that. Yeah. Hey, but I wanted to say, um, you pointed out last week in your best five that we didn't really talk about in the review show, you had Alipate in there, and, yeah. and I agree with you. I thought he really came back to form, and, and he's probably a key player that we need this week, um, uh, providing us a bit of form. What do you guys reckon? Yeah, you have the job you would think on Casbolt, who's a bit of a mixed bag. He can take a big grab and you know shank it out on the full, so... You know, he's a he's a bit of an interesting player, and look, he's a, he's been a match winner in the past for Carlton. So, 
Bobby will have to play a bit tight, but I'd love to see him uh, run off him as well and, and try and uh, hurt him the other way because I, I don't think Casbolt's got great fitness and he's certainly not quick, that's for sure. Yeah, our best Adapale or our best Carlisle is when he runs in, joins in with that defensive movement. And I think that's probably his one defender that hasn't gone downhill in that section so far this year. And I think Casbolt's a great opportunity for him to do that again. So I'm really looking forward to that matchup. He does quite well on playing. He does quite well on playing uh, opponents that are a bit taller than him as well, so no worries yeah. there. I guess what I was trying to say was, I think coming back from injury, he uh, he looked pretty pretty average and and got got a bath against Rewalt and then followed it up not with a great game and and uh, last week I thought post injury really uh, looked back into that form that he had in the first five rounds where he was I thought he was in contention to be maybe all Australian fullback in that short period of time because he was just in ripping form. So uh, that gives me a little bit of confidence this week, and especially with Jacko coming back as well. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a, a much better and stronger defence for us. Yeah, absolutely. So who does uh, Trengove play on, do you think? Do you think he'll get the job on Cruiser, or do you think he'll go to the more agile Henderson? You'd start him on Cruiser, but then you'd have the switch ready. You'd have the... Yeah. Because Honch and Hen, I'm confident on Honch, Honch, on either. Yeah. But I want Honch on the one that will allow Honch to run off more. So start yeah. on a cruiser, but have the switch ready. Yeah, I would. Uh, I think Henderson um, might be a little bit too agile for um, for Jackson. So uh, I think um, I think actually uh, Honch looks more like a natural match up there and. Uh, yeah, I'd probably be rotating Alipade and uh, Jackson between Cruiser and uh, and Casbolt and see how they go. And it'll be interesting to see how Jacko's fitness pulls up after having, what, three or four weeks off with his injury as well. Yeah. Mm. It does the, surprise uh, me if he's a player that they sub yeah. out. We're all pretty small then, Matt, yeah? oh, and I don't you, know. We've still got and, Jonas there. So. He leaves West off as your four-second Ruckman, and then Lowe was a forward. We all know how well he can mark. And if they have to drag low back when Mestov goes in forward, I don't like low B. Sorry, low B on cruiser. Mm. Yeah, they're not really known for their super endurance and fitness, though, Carlton. So uh, I'm I'm sort of with Macca there. I think if I was to be asked who's going to get subbed out, I'd I'd imagine that he would probably be the one unless there's an injury um, to another player at this point in time. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting, and I think we like that. We like the small run and carry team. So uh, yeah, what about the big matchup, the massive clash, the one that I've been waiting for since I posted that notorious thread uh, four weeks ago? Kane Mitchell versus Zach Tui. Yep, should be a ripper. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Macca. <laughs> oh, the huge clash. The Warnock Globy Cup. Is Warnock even playing? I don't know, is he? I don't think uh, he is, mate. Oh, <laughs> don't tell me they've robbed me the matchup of the year. <sighs> it could have justified my argument and they've dropped they haven't dropped him, have they? they I'm sure he played last week. No, no they dropped well, him a couple of weeks ago, mate. Oh shit. With Cruiser back, they don't have any need for Warnock because Wood's doing most of the ruck work and you know, oh, with, with Wood and Warnock, that's two sort of dinosaurs that they don't really want to have in their side. So, no, no. Well, that's a bit of a shame. That would have been a that would have been a marquee battle. I mean, I'm I'm a bit tongue in cheek here, but um, we really need Matt Loby to find some form this week. I would imagine, and this would be the perfect opposition to probably do that. Yeah, look, look Cameron Woods had a pretty good season. He's a uh, yeah, you know, he's probably had his best season in the AFL. He sort of wound back the clock a little bit, and um, you know, he certainly uh, he certainly has the ability to find his own players at the stoppages, and that's probably one of their their real strengths is that their ability to actually win the clearance and win the contested possession is pretty good, Carlton. But um, their skills let them down, and that's where they tend to sort of turn the ball over a lot, and that's where they get a lot of uh, scores against them. But their actual ability to win the clearances is uh, is pretty decent. Well, to kill the to kill the Loby and Ryder, to kill the argument that you only need one run when Ryder's fit, I think Loby needs to have a good game Saturday. Otherwise, you would start flirting with the idea of Ryder as your main run when Loby enjoy the Maggies. Just for one or two weeks, see what happens. Get your confidence back up. 
but I think he needs a good game. Otherwise, that's on the cards. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Look, if uh, if Loby gets thrashed again this week, then, yeah, I'd, I'd be dropping him. No doubt about that. You would? So you guys calling uh, that this is the last chance saloon for Matt Loby? Oh, a bit of a wake-up call, yep. Yeah. Yeah, well, obviously, with that comment, I'm not saying let's drop him forever, but, um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I sort of agree with that. If he can't do it this week, yeah, how's he going to go uh, following game against Sydney? Well, he, he just needs something to be able to, you know, he, he just needs a big game to turn it around. He's, uh, I think he's the worst of the top 25 ruckmen in terms of hit-outs to advantage, and I think in terms of um, the number of hit-outs he wins in terms of the contests, He's in, I think he's something like ninth out of the top 10. So uh, he, he just needs to have that ability to start winning taps and finding our own players because at the moment he can't do it. Mm. And it just doesn't really give you a, a head start in the midfield, does it? I mean, I know I'm stating the obvious, but I mean, look at that fantastic tap at the start of the second where he, he tapped it straight to Stanley. I mean, you just can't really do that. And I mean, that's, and I, I really want to get, I want to see Redden's form and fitness really come back because I think that's where um, Redo is such a great player. He's just such a, such a natural tap ruckman, and it would be a real travesty if we uh, if we can't see him uh, playing at the uh, elite level for quite some time. But I guess we just got to go with what we've got, and I think uh, Ryder will definitely make a difference too when he's uh, due to be back. Yeah. No, the Loby argument for me isn't about his ruck work, to be honest, boys. It's about what he does outside of that centre circle. Because he's up forward, he's a liability, he's a liability, he's a big target, he brings it to the ground, but I think he's kicked something like less than five goals for the year. So that's, as a guy that's been floating up there a reasonable amount, I would want more. I want, I want to see some big clunks, and I want to see some goals off him. More so than him winning those hit-outs to advantage, and yeah, hit-outs, because look at Aaron Sandlin's stat. Great as it is to do it week in, week in, week out, week out. A good midfield can read the other oppositions and at least nullify it. Yeah. In terms of Boak and Gray, I'm expecting a couple of pretty heavy tags to go on them with uh, Kerno and Carazzo. Is that what you guys are expecting as well? Yeah, Carazzo's the job and Boak a fair few times in the past, so I can't mm. see that changing. And then, yeah, Ed's got a bit more pace to go with Gray. Mm. I could see... Ed going on Wingard if he goes off like he has been. But, yeah, that's what I'd expect, those two. Yeah, yeah. I was, just, I was just about to say, I wonder if they might pay a bit more attention to Gray and Wingard than Gray and Boak this game. I reckon Tui will get the job on Wingard. Yeah. He's got the pace to go with Try. him and got the strength. Try and run off him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Chad's a, a great player, though. He almost... Yeah, even though he's not a full-time midfielder, he's getting the stats now and the and the goal influence. You you almost need to look at a, a full-time shutdown role on him, I guess. And De Carlton want to maybe look at depriving themselves of uh, of that run. Don't they play Armfield as a bit of a tagger from time to time as well? Yeah, he normally plays as a bit of a uh, a forward tagger. So you might see him play on someone like Pittard or Broadbent. Yeah. How many taggers can you carry? I feel like we're talking about Port Adelaide 2009, 10. Well, that's the thing with Carlton. They've got a lot of defensive players in their side. So, you know, it's uh, it's kind of a thing with them and they need to get out of that um, sort of process at some point in the next sort of 12 months, I guess. Yeah. Right. So what are we going to do? How are we going to win this game, Macca? Well, look, I think uh, winning it out of the middle is absolutely paramount to winning this game. As I said, I think uh, Carlton's main strength is probably their ability to win the clearances and, and get the contested possession. So if we stop them doing that, we should be able to win the game pretty comfortably. But um, we know Carlton's skill level isn't up to scratch. We know that their run and you know maybe their the mental side of the game isn't up to scratch. So if, if we can start well early, I really want to see us come out and you know, absolutely burn in the first quarter and do something like what we did to Hawthorne and you know, be six, seven, eight goals up a quarter time. That would be fantastic. No, I want us to see us win off half back. I think they're forwards mainly slow. Like Tom Bell goes through there, not a quick man. Walker goes through there, getting kind of slow with age, but they don't have any of those real quick 
nippy forward other than Menzel. So I want to see this be clean, use the corridor well, good delivery of our forwards. What about Mark Murphy, who I thought played a cracker of a game against Adelaide? Um, do we have a natural sort of defensive player now that Kane's gone uh, to sort of lock down him? Would we look at maybe a Kane Mitchell, perhaps? Uh, probably not Mitchell. I think um, I wouldn't mind seeing Ebert go up against him. Mm. So play a bit of a tagging role and try and run off him? Yeah, not necessarily a tagging role, maybe a slight defensive role, but I think um, we're more likely to see those guys go head-to-head, I reckon. Yeah, so you don't think we'll do a hard lockdown tag? I don't think so, no. Not unless yeah. he's getting off the leash a little bit, and then we might uh, throw someone on him, but not uh, not from the get-go, I don't think. Well, one of the anointed players by Kane was um, Andrew Moore, Um Perhaps maybe uh, the club's going to try Andrew Moore as a, a full-time tagger this week. Could be, yep. He's uh, he's done a lot of defensive jobs in the past. He's done them with uh, mixed results, I guess you'd say. And, and I guess the last time he played against Carlton, I think, um, well, certainly uh, during 2013, the game against Carlton in Melbourne, he played on Mark Murphy and got absolutely thrashed. And, they, and he ended up getting dropped the week after, so... All right, maybe it's time for for a bit of redemption for Andrew. Do you guys like him as a tagger? No, no, not at all. <laughs> not at he's all. Best footy, he's aggressive footy. Yeah, inside ground. He, he needs to hunt the ball, hunt the contest, and you know do his thing as opposed to. Uh, I think he tends to ball watch a little bit, and that way his man can get a little bit loose from him. But I think if he can uh, be his own player, then I think he should be all right. Yeah, what he needs to do is what I've been saying for a long time. Is you need to bring your attitude and your aggression of having the SNFL with Andrew and bring it to AFL. And that that comes with confidence, I know, but I, I feel that's the missing link for Maury. If he can bring this that swagger he has out on the Albert, that he brings to Albert and Noble and Mazda and Higginbottom week in, week out, if he can bring that to AFL grounds, I think that'll seem a big step up. Is it unfair of me to have this uh, dream now um, of uh, just visualising Brendan in a contested pack situation doing 15, 30-metre handballs a game hitting a target on the run? No. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> could you imagine? But if, I mean, if that was even possible, could Get you imagine your hand how... Out your pants, Rick. I'm sorry, but could you imagine how that would just change... Uh, the setup structure of a game because I mean, what would coaches bloody do? I mean, it, it would almost be it'd make a, make a nightmare, wouldn't it? But uh, I'm really excited to see what Brendan can do this game. I think this could be uh, a breakout game for him, if, especially if he gets a full four quarter opportunity to uh, um, to be able to show us what he can do. And, and I guess the other question uh, that I put to you guys, um, you know, the scapegoats were made scaped so to speak, by Young and Stuart and Gray, which is what everybody wanted. So if the unthinkable happens and, uh, you know, we get beaten, do the Andrew Moores and the Brendan Archies, if they only get, say, 10, 12 disposals, are they the ones that get called out to be dropped? And, you know, what's going to happen? How are we going to react to this? Well, it's a very interesting question. Well, you go, mate. You go, mate. Well, I was just going to say it's a very interesting question because obviously everyone's been hammering on about getting guys like Andrew Moore and Brendan Archie in the side. So, you know, it's their big chance and hopefully they take it. But if, uh, God forbid, we lose, then uh, I don't know. Maybe people will start to, uh, you know, put the, uh, I don't know, put the question mark onto guys like Hartlett and Westhoff a bit more or, you know, some, some guys that maybe don't perform, you know, a bit further up the, the pecking order, I guess you'd say. Because cause they're really the guys that have probably let us down more often this year are guys further up the pecking order that haven't played to their natural ability. So, you know, for us to win the game and, and to start uh, pushing towards finals, we really need, uh, you know, those sort of top 10 players to start performing. Uh, to me, it comes down to pass marks for those boys. Like, there's been a long chorus for about Andrew Moore's best thing or one of his better aperture boots is not what he does, but he makes Boak stand out. He makes Hartlett stand out. To me, that's all yeah. well and good, but... 
if we're going to be a top four team, that happens. Plus, you get your fifteen and your twenty, and you, and you kick a goal, or you get your five, and you get your six clearances. So, I don't know. It's not 2011, 2012 anymore. As much as that, as good as it was, and he does do that well. For me, I feel like he needs to get at least hitting fifteen if he plays a full game. Andrew, same with Brendan. But oh, I feel like the Kane Mitchell haters will come out if we lose, regardless. He could be the sub and kick two goals in the last quarter, but I feel like the Kane Mitchell haters have been they've been waiting. Sam Gray haters have taken that hat off. They've put the Kane Mitchell haters hat on. So that's who I feel is the next target. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. We've got a tweet from uh, Bevan who says, uh, what about Hartlett to Murphy? Hartlett's yeah. I want to see him but... running. I reckon Murphy would probably run off him a fair bit, but I reckon Hartlett's more of a, a natural matchup against Gibbs. I reckon they might go head to head. Yeah, they're very similar players. Um, I just think, uh, yeah, I think Murphy would be too smart. And you talk about Andrew Moore ball watching. I think uh, Hamish would probably get um, caught up in that. And I could, I can just already picture seeing Murphy buddy delivering spear passes into inside mm-hmm. fifty with. Hartlett sort of trailing three or four metres behind often. Um, yeah. yeah, so I don't know if I would uh, like that. And it might be a bit of a waste too, making Hamish overly accountable. Um, but we, we need Hamish to get a lot of ball this week. We need, so, um, and I, I'm with you, Macca. We need him to, to stand up. I don't know if he's carrying an injury or whatever, but you know, maybe he's sore from the extra tax that he's got. But, um, yeah, really would like him to uh, step it up a notch. No doubt. You mentioned uh, Cracker, how um, him playing down back might be able to allow some other players to play further up the ground, but do we expect maybe that he might play up forward in a bit of a, like a forward pocket type role? Bit of a waste. Someone has to take Sam Grace, but up there. As that, a waste. And you'd think Cracker over Archie and Moore and Mitchell, so, but it would be mm. a waste. I like him off our back. I think so. I, I, I really like... Well, the reason I say waste is because our forward, outside of Chad, um, forward pocket for us can be a bit of a wasteland and um, for a position of a player. So, you know, I think we get a lot more influence uh, from Nathan in the half-back line and he, he's got fantastic um, skills for delivery of the ball and that's been probably our major weakness this year uh, from our defensive movement. So is that a luxury we can afford to lose by removing him from that half-back line and putting him into the forward pocket? Uh, I don't know. And I think I'd much prefer him back there. But haven't we been screaming out for a, a bit of a forward crummer all year? Because we've, we've tried Need, he failed. We tried Mitchell, he was okay for a couple of weeks and failed. We tried Sammy Gray, he failed. Maybe his crackers turn up forward. And he might fail too, uh, whereas we know what he's going to deliver on the half-back line. So, uh, yeah, I'd rather have Mitchell play there and fail again than uh, roll, <laughs> the, di- than roll the dice on, uh, on Nathan Cracker. And maybe that shows that maybe that's what we need to find at the draft. Hmm. Well, maybe I guess we what it shows look- is that we've got plenty of options in the side right now. And we can maybe change things up a little bit if uh, things aren't going our way. Yeah, but not for a small crummer. Mm. Maybe for... Uh, maybe for uh, We've got plenty of options for half-back flankers, but uh, I don't know if any of those half-back flankers are actually uh, forward crummers, which is a bit of a, a specialist uh, position. So, um, yeah, I think that's what we might be going to the draft table looking for, perhaps, and a, a key position forward, Porsche. Oh, really? No, I, mean, I want a blue chip midfielder. I want another blue chip. Can't get <laughs> another enough. Another one? Yeah, can't get enough. How, how many I'd do have, you know? T- okay. or you, you don't draft flankers in the top 50. You draft midfielders and key position players. But I'm Myers of Lillard with the thought of, this is going to sound weird, but stay with me. Myers of Lillard with the thought of T-Boke forward pocket because, you know, 2014 days, the one that we, we dropped from the forward line into the midfielder, if that extra on bowler was a board pocket normally. You'd normally go one small, one tall on the fishbone, and then you'd have three further up the line, and the board pocket would go into the middle. So I hope that they tag Gray and Wingard early and Bokies are extra on bowler 
that we get to see a Travis Bowick special. Yeah. Well, I mentioned on the review podcast on uh, on Monday night that um, you know, we really haven't seen Bokey play out forward at all this year, and that's uh, quite different to what we saw in 2014 and 2013. So I guess with Andrew Moore and Brendan Archie in the side, you know, they can do a job in the middle, and you know, that allows us to have the luxury of you know, Bokey playing on a, a forward flank and hopefully kicking a couple of goals. And I think that came with the Ollie Wines injury. You need that inside Grant. Ollie wasn't there. Boak need is the next one in the line. Well, you've been crying. You were crying for Bokey to play more forward after the um, after our loss on the weekend, Macca. So, and all the big footyites were calling for more in the arch to come in. Maybe, uh, maybe the power coaches uh, are out of resources and decide to come to to our podcast and big footy to get the answers. Quite possible, Rick. It's quite possible. I don't, I don't think it is, but uh, it's good for our ego. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Or maybe we're just really astute judges, and we and we know what needs to happen. Yeah, I don't I think so. Not. Oh, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't call that one either, man. <laughs> Come on, guys. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, would you, how long would you play Boke in the forward lines? If, you, if you're going to break down percentage of game time for this game, how much would you be willing to play Boke in the in the forward line compared to in the midfield? Oh, five or six minutes a quarter at the most. So about 25%. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm still sold. I want him to be the extra on bowler. That's what we've missed, I think, this year. We did it a lot last year. It worked well. Instead of chucking the extra... To go down back, let's chuck them on the ball. Really push our bowlers, get a lot of speed, a lot of grunt in there with more actually wind bike, a lot of inside mids. So we'll say ten few minutes every quarter, ten percent. That's it. Well, look, what sort of reaction are we expecting if, God forbid, we do actually lose this game? Is uh, that season over? What? Uh, yeah. You know, we're going to get yeah, absolutely caned in the press. Start watching yeah. the under eighteen championships, boys. If we lose this one, start watching the championships. Well, I think the media is going to be determined by tonight's result. How how's the game going tonight? Uh, uh, half time, Hawthorne leads Adelaide Crows. Adelaide over forty four for twelve sixty. What was that? Uh, Adelaide forty four, Hawthorne sixty. Mm, yeah, well, if Adelaide lose and we lose, we're going to get absolutely shit canned. To uh, yeah. to cover up the fact that Adelaide lost, so we really need Adelaide to pull the finger out and win, uh, because then they'll, it will just be all about Adelaide and how good they are beating the reigning premiers. So uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would imagine there'll be Armageddon in the coaches' box, and there'll be Armageddon on Big Footy and on Facebook. Social media will be a meltdown, and uh, yeah, and we might even be drawing lines in the sand and. Uh, but yeah, I think I think personally our our season's cooked already, and um, and but I I still have optimism in in how we play and and looking forward to different things. So I mean I'm still looking forward this week to um, Maury playing and and Arch and and seeing what they can do, and I'm I'm intrigued to see um, what Loby can produce this week, and hopefully he can put in an improved performance. So. You know, regardless of what's going to happen and the expectation for the season, I think there's still positives that we can get out of it as a supporter base. You think we're done, Rick? Not making the eight? Yeah, I reckon we're cooked, mate. Oh, I expect to win. And that, uh, no, and that, well, that doesn't, that doesn't mean I don't... On percentage, yeah. missing the eight. I did it, had us one win out the eight. The more I think about us playing Frio late in the year, I'm hoping Ross Lyon just rests the top ten players and I'm getting excited about that. I just, yeah. I just look at where we are on the ladder. Um, I think what we've delivered and how the other teams are playing, I just think it's going to be one of those seasons where we're going to we'll win against the crappy sides and and it will give us the hope and then we'll just keep dropping those key games and, and we'll just keep falling short and it'll be one of those ninth or tenth orientated seasons. And um, I just think our confidence is a bit rattled I think the coach's confidence is a bit rattled. And, um, you know, I'm not a, a big believer of comparing us to what's happened with other sides, you know, where people are trying to hold out hope for making comparisons to Geelong in 06 or, you know, or I, I brought up the 08 season for us after the 07 uh, debacle. But uh, I just think that 
you know, there's a lot of work still to be done and we've been, as supporters and the media, have been swept up in the euphoria of the past two seasons and where we've come from and uh, there's still a lot of work needed and I guess there's a few gaps uh, that are being exposed in our depth and also in our starting 22 player list. And, uh, you know, I mean, if it is that blatantly obvious that teams can uh, structure up in a, in a methodical way and, and and crack our game plan open so easy, well, then I just can't see us making finals back based on that. Yeah. Well, even been reading the what we really need is a, a big win this week. We really need to lift our percentage. We need a good sort of 10-plus goal victory this week. Haven't you been reading the board, though, Rick? If once Andrew Moore comes back in and once we drop Sam Gray, we're back to our best team ever. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Mm. It's all Sam oh, yeah. Gray's fault. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I, I unfortunately, that. I haven't been able to read the uh, the boards or Facebook too much because I've been under the pump with work. Um, so uh, I've been able to try and get five or ten minutes on a day. I reckon that's about it for me. But, um, yeah, look, I just... And, look, I'm not... What I'm saying, I'm not saying... You know, that I'm not a true supporter, which is the aspersion that some people on social media were uh, citing against people that were saying that we're cooked. I, I, you know, I can't, why can't we give an honest opinion? And it's not about being negative either. I mean, I'm basing my comments on what I've seen. And, mm. uh, and what I've seen this year, I haven't liked. And uh, it Look, doesn't I think mean I have made one like. mistake here, Rick, and that's the yeah. fact that you've been reading social media. Well, big footing social media. Not really. It's a bit yeah, different. It is. Nah, it's the same. Oh, it's all social nah, it's media. A forum. It's a forum. It's different. Nah, it's still the same. It's all social media. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm I'm bundling it all in social media, and uh, it's uh, it's funny. I like if you compare it. It's uh, it's sort of you got Facebook, which is sort of the more happier, and uh, you can't criticize sort of opinions, and you got. Big footy, which is the the deep, dark, analytical uh, perspective. We we need something in the middle. We need to merge the two. But um, in our in our thoughts. But uh, yeah, look, it's it's a really interesting season, and we we've dwelled on it quite a bit about the managing of expectations for this year. And uh, you know, there seems to be a burden in the coaching group and the players, and they've been weighted down by expectation and. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. We need a big scalp. I don't even think Macca beating Carlton by 100 points is going to say anything. It's what we're going to deliver after the bye. That's going to be the statement for us. Of course not. It's not yeah. going to say... Like beating or thrashing Carlton isn't going to say anything, but it's more the fact that, you know, the, the thing that's really going to stop us from making the eight at the moment, if we do go on a bit of a winning streak, is the fact that our percentage is incredibly poor. So... We just need yeah. a big win just to try and help us get back on a level pegging with some of the other teams around us. Correct. You know what? If we can beat Carlton and we can come out and beat Sydney away and, and then Ooh. we have a good win and then we can have a good win against Carl, uh, Collingwood, well then uh, crack I'll, the champagne, uh, mate. I'll crack the champagne and admit I was wrong before the bye uh, with my neg- with my negative comments. Um, you know, because then that will tell me that the playing group and the coaches have adjusted and they're stepping up to the plate when they can take on and win a couple of big games. And uh, that's what that's what I want to see. We did it last year and we did it the year before. We won key games when it mattered. And I guess what I want to see to, on Saturday is positivity. I want to see positivity in our game plan. You know, and it's, it's not about chipping wide because every team goes wide, but it's, it's what you do with it. Last year, we would go wide down the wing, and then what would we do, Macca? We would centre it as our second-to-last kick to goal. We'd be coming back inside. You know, but we're not doing that this year. We're not running with the ball from the half-back line, even down the wing, and looking to centre. We're just playing a very stagnant, chess-like game plan. And uh, so that's what I want to see on Saturday. Can we actually execute a running game plan with intent? I want to see intent with the passion of the players, and I want to see intent from the coaches in encouraging that. And uh, I don't think we've seen that for four quarters this year. No, that's fair I don't think so, done for four quarters. Hmm. So, a prediction. Who's going to win? Who's going to be best on ground? And why? Can you predict us to lose, Macca? Sorry? Oh, can I? <laughs> predict yes. us to lose, mate? 
Good. Carlton by Good. 21 points. And, uh, I've already looked at his... He's lying. I've already looked at his tips. <laughs> 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 what do you reckon, Johns? Uh, I'll give you two options, boys. It'll be a port by 70-plus, but we learn nothing. Because Carlton didn't do what other teams had done. They tried to slow it down. They tried to outrun us and failed. Or it'll be a port by 20, outclass them, don't see much again. I can't see us Saturday you afternoon. Can't have, you can't have two picks. You're gonna you gotta put on put it on one. What's your what's your ultimate result here? What do you what do you think is gonna happen? Uh, port by twenty, we learn nothing because we've just outclassed them by having a better list. They'll still clog the game up. We won't play attacking football. It'll be ninety points beat seventy. I I think Saturday night we'll still have a lot more questions than answers. Okay. About four points in the bank. Rick? I'm going, I'm going port by uh, 10 goals. I reckon we'll, I reckon we'll win easily. Um, and uh, and I still think it, it won't mean too much. And uh, I reckon it might be a high-scoring affair. I reckon it might be like 130 to, uh, to 70 points. Well, I can really see Carlton winning this game. I, I legitimately <laughs> can. I can see them coming out firing, us being pretty sluggish at the start, the crowd getting into it, you know, them being three or four goals up a quarter time and we just can't sort of peg that back. But look, I'm going to say Port by 32 points and I reckon uh, Travis Bokey is going to come out and be best on ground. Bokey. Bokey. He's due. I'm going to go the Oh, here you go. I'm going to go West off. West off? Nice. I'm going to go West off. I reckon the Westie's going to come out and uh, breathe fire and only the way Humphrey can. <laughs> he's going to go for the honey pot and he's going to get stung by the bee and he's going to be angry. Chad <laughs> <laughs> nah, will continue 30-3 and 30 for the wingard. Yeah, well, well that's, a, that's a good one. Any other games uh, interest you guys this week? Uh, Richmond West Coast. It should be a bit of a cracker, that one. It should be a cracker, and I'm really, I hate to say it, I'm excited to see the result of this one. I think if West Coast win, I think they're going to, we've got to say they're the real deal. And I think what that, if they do win, it really opens up the opportunity that we could have two Western Australian sides potentially finish first and second. Mm. And what what would that mean? I mean, the VFL would not like. Sorry, the AFL would not like that at all, because uh, you know, with Sydney potentially in the top four, well, they should be in the top four as well. Geez, there wouldn't be many games at the MCG. Imagine a four-team interstate finals first week: West Coast, West Coast, Rio, Adelaide in sixth, and let well chuck in, let's say Sydney slide down to fifth. Imagine that. Well, there's only three Victorian teams in the top eight at the moment, and look, there's every chance that Richmond drop out. I mean, you would expect Hawthorne to sort of climb up the ladder a bit more, and Collingwood, you just never know what's going to happen there. They look like they'll play finals, but you know, teams have dropped out from that sort of position in the past as well. So, I don't know. It'll certainly be interesting to see what happens. I agree, Rick. I reckon uh, Richmond versus West Coast is probably the game of the round, and um, yeah, I'm, uh, I, th- I think probably Richmond will win that. I reckon uh, they're firing at the moment. Yeah, I'm with you. I picked Richmond. I still don't trust good West Coast. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't trust them. Uh, good team, no guns, but just solid team. Uh, my game would be Giants-North Melbourne. I think if Gloris and Sydney can walk away with a win at home without their stars, it will say... I don't know, everyone ruling them out of the eight will, you know, think about it again if they can beat top off North. Yeah. Well, I think all I can say is thank God for North Melbourne because they're probably <laughs> taking the heat off. They're taking the heat off of us in the press, especially in Melbourne, because uh, you know when they talk pretenders, they 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 put in the uh, the uh, exclamation point at North Melbourne when they mention briefly us, then they go to North. So it's great. So go GWS in a way. <laughs> <laughs> I would like them to uh, yeah, really derail North Melbourne's season if it isn't already. But I think North Melbourne's in the same um, position as us, but they're probably worse because they've got a, an old list now. They rolled the dice. The good thing about North is that they've got a massive run home. Like They play all the duds on the way home. So there's every chance they'll still finish you know, pushing for top four. 
Yeah, well, we we play a, a fair few of those too. It's we I guess we've just got Hawthorne, Sydney, and um, Freo. And well, I think from the position that we're in, we need we'll need to win probably. We need to beat two of those sides, I reckon, out of those three games. Yeah, I mean they play GWS, they play Gold Coast, they play Essendon, Brisbane, um, Carlton. I mean they've uh, Melbourne. I mean they've got a great run home, uh, the Kangaroos. Mm. So. I'd be expecting them to still push for the finals. And look, if GWS can win that game without Mumford, I mean that's uh, that would be a, a great <sighs> effort for them because they've got uh, Mumford out for the rest of the year now. I forgot about that. What did he do? They will, uh, yeah, Davis broke a leg, so he's out for a long time as well. I think it's eight yeah. weeks. Yeah. So yeah. If they can win without those two, it's look out GWS. So who uh, who replaces Mumford then? Uh, Andrew, Andrew Phillips. Phillips. Yeah. He's only played about eight or nine games. Rory Lobb, he's only played a, a couple, I think. So, yeah, they'll certainly be, uh, be stretched in the ruck, I think. But, I don't know, they might still be able to get the job done. Maybe I'll need a change. Kangaroos have Del Santo back in, the handy in. Yeah. Uh, well, then, after that, I think maybe North Melbourne might be... Uh, might be a good chance, and I think I picked GWS too. What a bummer! Mm. Who'd you pick, Maka? Uh, North. Damn it! Go GWS. I will change our boys. You should be able to. Halfway through yeah. the year, boys. Who are you or in? You should be able to change your tips. Halfway through the year, lads. Who do you have in contention for a Port Adelaide All Australian or squad? We'll say squad. In the squad, you'd have to say Wingard, Gray and Homp should be the three main ones, or probably the three only ones. I think Wingard would be pretty close. Um, Homp might get a bit unlucky for the fact that he only plays as a third toll. Um, and Gray's been absolutely fantastic, but I just get the feeling that um, those on the selection panel look at it, maybe his lack of goals that you know he kicked last year and may think that he's had a bit of a poor year when, in actual fact, he's arguably been even better this year than last year. Mm, I'll take Graves last year over here. I think it's those four plus Travis Boak will get that almost... Um, he's probably one of the names that the Victorian media do know, so I think he'll be in the, in the squad. But I can't see him making the team. Probably at Homsch. I'd want to see him make it. It'd be a great story, but I can't see him doing it. But I'd say Wingard and Gray... Wingard's my only lock, if I had to pick one. Wingard's the only one this early on, but yeah, yeah probably be second. Yeah, well, if, if Chad continues the form for the rest of the year, he'd have to be a lock for an All-Australian position again, which would be an amazing achievement, too, in the last three years for a 22-year-old. That would, um, that would sort of almost be unheard of. There wouldn't be too many that would have done that. And yeah. uh, now Robbie Gray, his... His pack um, dissection, his vision to be a get-out-of-pack situations is is amazing. And um, he's like a, a hot knife through butter at the moment. And his evasiveness is just um, a thing of beauty in a, in a football sense. And it's it's a shame that we've we've sort of stifled that creativity over the last few weeks with mm. where he seems to be following the instruction of just trying to do the quick kick out of the pack instead of trying to run and carry and uh, and handball out a little bit less, which is a bit of a shame because he's such a good extractor in those situations. Oh, oh, one more. If Ollie Wines, at the end of the year, Ollie Wines will have statistically, will match some of the good blokes in the top 40. But with the time off he's had, he's low contention. But I think statistically he'll match... Probably the pure midfielders that don't make the team but make the squad, which is a good. I reckon will be a good achievement if you can do that. I'd like. I'd like it's to see him possible. actually just get rec- recognised in that under twenty one side because I think he's still eligible. <laughs> hey, yeah. wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Cameron, who? I mean, yeah, it's just uh, it's just a farce that he didn't get in last year and. Yeah, I mean, his figures are right. Macca, you would know. His figures are right up there for the first 50 games with some of the best players in the competition ever. Oh, no doubt. Yep. Yeah, from memory, Absolutely. 360 did a piece about it and he matched Chard and Ablett and Selwood. So if he's next, yeah. 
a lot, of, a lot of people say it, I think it's on the board, but if he can just maintain his current output for the rest of his career, he'll still be a brilliant pick. Oh, oh he'll be amazing. Yeah. All we just need is... I would love yeah, him to he would, fun, if possible. He would be classed as one of the best, uh, top ten in the comp, I reckon, if he could improve his overhead marking by... Um, Brad you know, Ebert. Yeah, 20, say 20%. Yeah. If he can improve that... Influence in the, in his aspect of the game, yeah, I reckon he would be he'd be looked at as a top ten player. If he can add the aspect of being able to play sort of as a as a quasi tall forward, kind of like Mark Rashido did, and be able to go yeah. up forward and kick two, three, four goals, whilst also doing his midfield work, I mean, it's just scary to think of you know where he could get to in his career. And why don't why don't the club try that a little bit more often? Well, they said they were going to, and I think uh, at the start of the year they they were playing across a forward flank a, a little bit more than they were last year. But I guess uh, you know one of our main issues this year has been our lack of uh, clearance winning ability and, and contested possession in the midfield. So we kind of need him in the midfield full time. Well, I guess with more an arch in the side, does that free up the potential for Ollie to maybe play that role a little bit more often? I hope so. Yep. Yeah. yeah, no reason why not. But I also see Ollie Wands is your first pick mid out of the three. And Moore's played a lot of forward flank footy in the past for us. Some okay, not quite well. But yeah, I, I love Ollie kicking goals. He's yeah, good player. He's kicking goals. I like Ollie kicking goals because I love pocket. his celebrations. Mm, mm. I prefer Ollie in a forward pocket over Travis Boat. There you go. Yeah, that's fair enough. And do you know what else is unbelievable? We were worried that we would only uh, have a half an hour show, and we've uh, we've still made it to the uh, nine o'clock mark. So, well done, boys. We've done very well. Look, well. I can always edit it down to a half an hour show if you like, Rick. No, not at all. I, I was a bit worried. <laughs> it's one of those, you know, when we it's hard to get as excited, I guess, when we're playing the the less marquee games, which I think Carlton fits into that bracket. So. You know, it's, uh, but I guess there's a lot on the line for us this season compared to, say, uh, 2014 and 13. So, um, you know, this is a marquee game for us in a way because there's so much riding on it. No. We were only one game behind in this position in 2013. So, it's not all Yeah. But let's remember there's, there's, there's one word. There's one word that differentiates 2015 to 2013, and I've said it tonight. Pittard? You said that quite a few times. Mm. Jasper! No. Ah. It starts with an E. It starts with an E. Evolution. Expectation. Ah, expectation. It's amazing, isn't it, how one word, one emotion, one thought can completely change the perspective of a season. Mm, true. Isn't it? That's it. Yeah, we, I remember hoping going into 2013 for a good tenth. Oh, well. Well, I had no expectation in 2013. You know, I thought, you know, new squad, like young squad, new coach, you know, yep, let's just see what they can do. And, you know, if it's an improvement on the previous year, great. You know, so yeah, I had no expectations at all, and um, yeah, you know, and that's where managing expectations is such a challenge because expectations such a great emotion because uh, it gives you hope, but the problem is there's a downside to having mm. uh, unrealistic expectations perhaps because that hope can turn into despair and frustration quite quickly, which is which is what we're seeing with the with our supported base at the moment and understandably so I so i mean everyone would guess, prefer to overachieve as opposed to underachieve so. yeah. yeah so uh, but the season is long and you know and we've still got a, a young list. the earth is patient uh, yes the wheel will turn and the mule will come back <laughs> and the moon is round but only for a That's couple it. of nights a year and then the rest <laughs> of the time it's an, another show it's a crescent a crescent and a half moon. Very strange, isn't it? That's it. Interesting. We've gone very zen the last uh, couple of minutes. <laughs> we have. I'm delusional from too much work, I think. That's it. All right, boys. 
we might uh, leave it there. Of course, uh, we didn't talk about the Magpies because they got the buy this week for all the oh. Maggie's listeners. Mm. And I, yeah. I, I forgot the... Robbie, um, Young, I, and Co- Robbie Young and Coy didn't get them, aren't playing in the academy side, are they? Quick look. The young, I the, forgot the Who Am I, Macca, so we'll do the Who Am I on Monday. That's it. I've yeah, got a new clue. Good. This is good. It is. We've had, uh, oh. what, one guess so far, so... No, we've had a few guesses, but I'll give you, I'll give the clue now for those that are, are listening still. Um, this person has held a uh, a showdown trophy. Ooh! Okay. Uh, for the record, the likes of Robbie Young and Co aren't playing in the academy team against Norwood on Friday night. There you go. They're not. No, they are not. They are not. Okay. My boy Luke Reynolds. Hello. Random. That should be you. That should be a bloodbath. We'll lose that. <laughs> oh, boys, I think we should go. Yeah. No worries. No, Rick, I reckon you've given it away with that one. I reckon I know the answer to that. Do you really? You can I message do. me later. <laughs> Will do. There's been oh, a boys. few that have held it. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Over the time. So showdown trophy, not the medal, the trophy. Yeah. Okay. I'll uh, send me a message and I'll let you know. Well, I will. Absolutely. Can't oh. appear. Can't appear. Ah! Gathered though by Broadbent through the middle of the ground. Now a long kick down in the Paul Stewart direction. He marks and plays on. He keeps his footing. Got away from Ferrito to put the...